Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello marissa uh for the first time the outfit repeaters has gone remote you and i are in different locations i know i don't like it <laughs> i mean i feel like every podcast had to do this at some point earlier in the pandemic so you know i guess we're just getting on that train with everybody else um, so one thing that you don't know that I started doing was I started putting together my Beatles Lego set and, uh, I start, I'm starting with John Lennon. Really? How's it going? It's essentially just like a paint by numbers or to use uh, like, a term that you're more familiar with a diamond art. It is. I was just going to say it is diamond art. This podcast is not sponsored by diamond <laughs> art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my mom is single-handedly keeping them in business. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what is... I still don't understand what the plan is with all of these diamond arts. When she finishes them, where do they go? It's about the journey. Like, there's a really fine line between, like, oh, this is, like, a cute amount of diamond art, but then if they, like, literally line your walls, then someone's going to (laughs) walk into that room and be like, this is too much diamond art. I guess she was reading that people get portfolio books to put them in, like an artist. aren't her diamond arts different sizes? Correct. The other thing, oh, one thing that we should probably uh, say right right off the bat is we got a lovely message from one of our listeners, Beth, this week. And, um, you know, Beth, we appreciate getting the message. Um, But one note that Beth had was the song in the music video last week was actually Us Against the World by Play. And then they had to, I guess they didn't have the rights for it. And so that's why we just got generic music. And that's why it was like, are they dancing to the music? Unclear. <laughs> I guess you you didn't remember that from having watched it live. I did not. Did you listen to the song since? I have not. Have you? I have not. Pull it up. Let's Let's hear it. It looks like a group of, okay, so play is a group of, it looks like four young girls. Oh, I remember play. Wait. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, wait is, a second. What is play? It's all coming back to me. I'm going to know this song when you play it. Us Against the World is the debut studio album by Swedish girl group Play. Yes. Oh my god, I had this album. You had this album. I had this. I can go find it. It's in my <laughs> house somewhere. Oh my god, I would have never thought about play again. So yeah, there there are, uh, it seems like, four girls, Faye, Aeneas, Anna, and Rosie. And uh, this song actually peaked at number 74 on the Billboard charts in the U.S. So this was nothing to sneeze at. This was play. This is the craziest throwback. I sincerely would have never thought about play again for the rest of my life. Well, you can thank our listener, Beth. Thank you so much, there Beth. Yes. I can say this too. 
Oh my God. Yes. I, it's all coming back to me now. Wow. wow. That's a bop. It was a bop. Is that this going, is, a great day. is that going back into your playlist? Is that like a, <laughs> like reunited and it feels so good? I think I'm going to pull up that play album after we record and, and go just... back in time. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, thank you, Beth, for that note. You have uh, given Marissa something that she didn't know she needed. Putting that song into that music video. I feel like it would have elevated the level. Like if the episode, have. if the episode, we gave the episode a one out of 10, maybe we give it a two out of 10 because we liked Matt and Lanny. If play had been in it and the music video had been good, then it would have elevated it to a three out of 10. It could have, it could have added one whole additional star. So agreed. Big wow. difference. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Still failing, but like. <laughs> oh yeah, thirty percent is terrible. It's not a. It's not a passing grade by any means. Definitely. Okay, so listeners, if you have tidbits like this, please cue us in. Like, help us out a little bit. Like, yeah. we were we were five. Like, <laughs> we don't know this stuff. It's like, um, okay, so Marissa, this is the other thing that I know you wanted to talk about today. We watched the New York Times presents uh, episode six all about the Free Britney movement. And yes, there framing was, Britney Spears. Yes. And there was a, a scene with these two podcast ladies who got an anonymous uh, <laughs> voicemail from like somebody who had been a paralegal who was very closely involved with the Britney case. And he was like, yo, there's something shady going on here. Like if that's you and you have some shady information about like the new Lizzie McGuire series or something that happened behind the scenes at Disney, you were like an intern and you're like, I want to remain anonymous, but I want my story to get out. That's what we are here for. We, <laughs> we are looking for that anonymous voicemail. But, you know, I guess the flip side is don't just send us random stuff that you've made up. Like, you know, this has to be legit. We, we want like the legit stuff. Yeah. Like if you were an intern and have any crazy <laughs> stories on set, <laughs> would love to hear them. Or if you are a uh, Christian Copeland, <laughs> we want to hear from we you would, as well. We would love to hear the sound of your voice. Yeah. But um, did you have any specific thoughts about what is it? Framing Britney Spears? I would like to talk about framing Britney Spears for a minute as Britney has come up as recently as last week's episode in Lizzie McGuire. And Lizzie McGuire is a big Britney fan herself. So this media actually feels relevant as opposed to us just rambling about what we're currently watching. Yeah, I, I watched it and it just made me extremely angry. And a little nauseous. Yeah, I was talking about this with a coworker of mine today, and uh, oh, actually Nick Barbieri, who was on the podcast, uh, you know, just several weeks ago. And I feel like for you and me, we were like a little bit young for the initial Britney craze, but Nick very like vividly remembers it. But I feel like for us, we missed the initial Britney, and we kind of got the second wave of like trying to paint Britney as crazy. See, I definitely have memories of the initial wave because the initial wave was during Lizzie McGuire. So I definitely remember seeing 
the baby one more time video i had a playstation 2 video game that was britney spears um there was only five songs on it and you had to like hit the corresponding um buttons to make the dancers dance wow it was like and a the less, songs there's a less active version of just dance it was just dance before just dance and the songs were baby one more time oops i did it again stronger i'm a slave for you and i don't know there's one more so i think i do have early britney memories that are very vague but there but yeah we definitely i mean we were in middle school during the second wave yeah during the like britney shaved her head and uh you know what this is not related to britney spears but it got me down a really dark or not dark but like a really um deep jamie lynn spears rabbit hole I guess I knew this, but I had forgotten it. And watching this reminded me that her dad's name is Jamie and her mom's name is Lynn. And now her name is Jamie Lynn. And now she's married to a guy named Jamie. It just feels very Twilight Zone to me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was uh, it was super alarming. And I'm I'm a sucker for a good like, oh, there's an art. There's a musician and there's a conspiracy around this musician. Like I. I'm I'm fascinated by, for example, the Avril Lavigne conspiracy. But this is less of a conspiracy and more of like this is happening. Well, that's the do thing. You mean cons- do that. you mean conspiracy in that like the way those podcasters are like decoding everything well, she says? That was very um, amazing sleuth work. Like when she sent out the one that was like emoticons and not emojis. Love that. I mean, conspiracy in the fact that, you know, none of this is, like, verified, verified. Like, they, they, they were interviewing this one girl who's, like, very much involved in the Free Britney movement. And they were like, if it turns out you're wrong, what, you know, what will you say then? And she was like, well, then I guess, you know, I was wrong and I'll go on my way. But I will say that because there's there feels like more substance behind this conspiracy than the Avril Lavigne conspiracy, I'm even more you know, ready to jump on the free Britney movement, a movement that I did not know I strongly believed in before I watched this documentary. But now I'm like, yeah, you know what? Free Britney. Yeah. I mean, she is a 39-year-old woman who is not in control of her own finances and life. For me, like I am deeply concerned by the current status of Britney Spears, but I was also really nauseated by every the everything that led up to it part. And just seeing that the misogyny, the way like pre-social media paparazzi culture, I was like, how is this even legal? Like when they're following her to Kevin's house. Yeah, I mean, watching that reminded me a little bit of the episode where they're following Lizzie. And I was like, that's not a thing that happens. <laughs> but they're in her house getting all of, her, all of her possessions from Matt McGuire. But yeah, the paparazzi, it was, there was such a weird dissociation where they were interviewing this one um, paparazzo over and over again. And he was like, yeah, you know, like we had a really close relationship, like, we needed her. She needed us. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like the yeah. the lies you told, told yourself <laughs> to make yourself never, believe like, that. She never like told us to go away. <laughs> if she did, we would have. Like, what? Yeah, that was crazy. I feel like the one piece that was missing from that documentary was kind of like 
the things that must have been said in the first trial that, you know, ended up making the judge grant that conservatorship in the first place? Like, what was presented? What was the evidence there that established that conservatorship in the first place? Like, we get kind of, like, vague, like, mental illness, like, she's just having a hard time, but, like, is that really enough? Like, what was in there that made them think that this was necessary and that it's continuing to be necessary over a decade later? So from my understanding, it really felt like a th- like she surrendered to it and that she was almost coerced into it for fear of not being able to see her children. They were really like threatening her with the kids. Um, and once you say, yes, I need a conservator, it's not really like a trial situation. I don't know. It was It was unclear because, you know, at the time... Apparently, she was also very involved, like getting a lot of advice from this guy, Sam Lufty, who I can't imagine could have supported this very much. But it's like, how close was she to Sam Lufty? Because then they're like, oh, yeah. And then they sent Sam Lufty away. Like, did they murder him? Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, how can they just send him away? I don't know. It was all very I feel like it happened. Strange. it happened very quickly. And they kind of like, they kind of didn't really go that in depth into like, you know, the process of it happening. It was just like, and, you know, all of this stuff that hap- that had happened over the past 10 years led to this. Yeah, but it was all very upsetting things. Like, even to me to see this 10-year-old child on Star Search and is who has been being asked, do you have a boyfriend? Like, that level of misogyny that is so ingrained in entertainment even at like she's a child why are you asking her that yeah and it's just so I feel like it's also just like so foreign to us because we grew up in like the era of like Lady Gaga and like all of these other artists who have pushed the envelope way more in the past 15 years really than Britney Spears did um so the fact that this happened and it was like 20 years ago it's Kind of crazy that that's where we were 20 years ago. Yeah, and the yeah the double standards. The Justin Timberlake has a lot of explaining to do, I feel like. I feel like he was hit the hardest by this documentary. You think he was hit the hardest? Not, In terms of like... Not perhaps Jamie Spears. <laughs> well, obviously Jamie Spears is a... Dirk! But I mean, in terms of like massive public figure celebrities who were who were addressed, um, I think he has a lot. I mean, I saw today that he posted an apology on Instagram. I mean, the 2000s were rough for JT. I mean, little did he know that soon after he would weren't. have Janet Jackson, <laughs> Janet Jackson coming after but him. They, but that's the thing, Sam. They weren't rough. Like he used those two incidents to launch his solo career. And he didn't get any backlash for it. Yeah. Like that—that's the whole point. Is that the two thousands were not rough for Justin Timberlake. He used his privilege to manipulate the narrative in both cases. But yeah, I thought it was compelling, and to be brought back into the spotlight in this moment was interesting to see. Yeah, it's—it's it's absurd that she's not controlling her own life. It is. Yeah, it's it's wacky. Um, yeah. She's clearly like a high functioning individual who can sell out, you know, massive tours and venues. Um, we've been talking for a while now and we definitely have a really fun episode to talk about today. Um, so I definitely want to give the episode time, but I feel like you have 
obviously just watched because we are recording this on Friday. You just watched uh, the final installment of one of your favorite film franchises. <laughs> to oh my all God, the boys, I'm gonna, um, you're gonna make me cry. Here's the thing: <laughs> you can only talk about it. We, we've been talking so long about other things that you only get 30 <laughs> seconds to no. talk about the final film in the To All the Boys I've Loved Before trilogy. Are you ready? Three, two, <laughs> one, go. It was a perfect conclusion. I cried a lot. Laura Jean chose herself and she got the guy. I will always root for Laura Jean and Peter Kay. And I love that she will be at NYU and it felt very personal and seeing New York City alive and Washington Square Park and everything pre-COVID was way more emotional than I expected it to be. That's 30. And <laughs> I weep. <laughs> okay. How'd I do? I think that's okay. I mean, it sounds like it was uh, you you liked the conclusion. You thought that it ended appropriately and perfectly. Uh, oh, perfectly. And I loved it. So you, you, obviously we don't want to give away any spoilers for people who have not had the opportunity to watch it yet. I will say, you asked me the other day, you're like, do you want to watch Party This? And I was like, sure. And then this morning you were like, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch Party It again, Sam. I don't need to watch Party It again. I mean, we have other things that we can watch. Um, I will. I'm not as invested in this franchise as you are. Um, I've, I think just, I've seen them once. I will say my first watch of To All the Boys was your, I feel like, fourth or fifth watch by the time I finally watched it. I watched the first movie three times the weekend it came out. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so many times. Um, it's my comfort movie. It is so aesthetically pleasing and beautiful. Um, the chemistry between Lana Condor and Noah Centineo is just like chef's kiss perfect you know what i will say this last movie just hit me so hard because it brought me back to i guess kind of the beginning of our story and like the what comes next after high school part it's just like navigating like choosing yourself versus um but also you know prioritizing your relationships and like i don't know just really brought me back to that place you should watch it you should watch it, and then we can talk about it more next week. Uh, I have so much. I have so much to watch. I will watch it again and cry some more. Anyways, we've been uh, talking about everything it feels like besides Lizzie McGuire. But you know what? I actually liked this episode, and for once, I'm having a really hard time choosing who I want to be my MVP because multiple people did good things. It's not because they were all terrible. It's because. There were a lot of good people doing good things, and I really enjoyed that. Why can't we get more of that? This was a this was a highlight episode for me as well. I thought it was so fun. I thought that the A and the B story were both strong. Really good conversations were happening on both sides. I liked that finally, um, like in universe, they were addressing things that I feel like we've been addressing forever. Like since, you know, episode one or two, for example, this clip. We're the same people. We haven't changed. That's what we've been saying for, <laughs> I feel like a year now. <laughs> I wish that we watched it together because I could like something would happen and I could like hear you laughing even though you weren't with me. It was very creepy, but I like it. That is could, super creepy. 
<laughs> no, but I could I could like hear the beats of like, oh, like Sam would laugh at this. Like some of Matt had some really great one liners in this episode. I loved I, I I mean this line from Matt. Keep your uniform. No one splits up Matt and Lenny. That was it. Gold. I was like, Sam is dying <laughs> right now. Keep your uniform. <laughs> That's like right. It's right up there with. We don't need your root beer. <laughs> <laughs> Same tone. So good. Really exciting stuff. And I also, think we should just. Oh, sorry. Oh, and I don't ahead. know if you watched uh, any of the bloopers. Like if you. If you hung around I for did. the bloopers, and we never talk about the bloopers, but the collection of bloopers that they assembled for this one was also just exemplary. Yeah, when um, Robert Carradine calls Jake Thomas Jake <laughs> and doesn't realize he did it, and he's like, I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost a clip itself. Yeah. I do have one more thing to say before we dive in. Okay. It's quick, but notable. Hillary Duff has officially wrapped younger as of today. Wow, like forever? Congratulations, Hillary. Like yeah, conclusion? season seven season seven is going to be the last season of Younger. All these shows and you did you see Brooklyn Nine Nine will conclude after this <gasps> final season? Season eight will be the final Brooklyn Nine Nine season, only ten episodes. That will conclude Brooklyn Nine Nine. I didn't these... need to know that. I've already cried enough today, Sam. Oh yeah, they're 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 all doing their like heartfelt Instagrams. That actually, they announced that yesterday. Yeah, everything's everything's coming to a conclusion here. But at least we yeah. get at least we get tough as nails season two. Thank God for that. Yeah. Thank you, Phil, for <laughs> keep, keeping it going. Yeah. Okay, let's just jump right in. Today we are discussing Lizzie McGuire season two, episode seventeen, moving on up. In this episode, Gordo is doing really well at school and gets a chance to go into the next class early but that means leaving his friends behind, and he can't decide what to do. This episode aired on September 13th, 2002. I will say one thing that confused me a little bit was, I feel like this decision would have happened during the summer. Like, who starts a school year, and then in the middle of the year, they're like, you know what? You're smart. You deserve a promotion. (laughs) We're going to take you out of class for a full day so that you and your parents can come discuss well, so it's not the middle of the school year. It's the beginning of the school year. This was, um, production order-wise, this was the second episode of season two. Ah, uh, okay. It still feels like a conversation that would have happened over the summer in a normal situation, in a non-Lizzie McGuire universe. Like, you would have discussed That's probably this. true. <laughs> That's probably true. But yeah, no, we very much get the sense in the opening scene that it's the beginning of the school year. Lizzie loves the first few weeks of school. They love not being in seventh grade anymore. Seventh grade never happened. This year is completely different. And Gorda's like, no, it's not. We're the same people. <laughs> Change, growth. We don't know that. Um, I really liked uh, Miranda's like, last year we were freaking out about school pictures, but we're so beyond that now. And then Lizzie immediately asks basically like if her outfit looks okay. We'll never get over the outfits here at the Outfit Repeaters. No. As we should not. And then, oh my God, Gordo is called to the principal's office. And everyone is shocked. Gasp. Yeah. Can't be me. It's got to be a mistake. And cut to theme song. It's a really short, snappy opening. Yeah. So basically, we get back. Now they're at lunch. 
Uh, Gordo, so this conversation, it's been him, his parents, and the principal, and they've literally talked from the morning (laughs) all the way through until lunchtime. Yeah, like four hours in the principal's <laughs> office. Like, how long does it take you to drag out, like, we're thinking that you can probably skip a grade? Like, is that really a four-hour conversation? Oh, my God. I know. Uh, Lizzie's like, what happened? Is Gordo a secret agent? Um, no, he gets to go to high school. That's even cooler. Yeah, <laughs> high school. I think Miranda's had this line where she was basically like, middle school is just something to do before high school. Like... <laughs> Yes, Miranda. That's how school works. I know. And then they start listing off things that are exciting about high school. And I would just like to go through this list. Okay, so number one, uh, you can get your license. This is not in any way associated with high school. Like if you are a sixteen still fourteen. If you yeah, if you were a sixteen year old who was not in high school, you would still get your license. Likewise, if you're in high school and you're not sixteen, you will not have your license. Uh, number two, going to concerts. Again, something that you can do at any age. <laughs> Later curfew. I mean, I guess that's up to your parents. <laughs> uh, number four, drinking coffee. Is that a high school thing? I mean, I guess you can kind of start drinking coffee whenever you want. Yeah, none of these things were like strong like association to high school. It was more... Do they think that Gordo's going to walk into the high school and just be 16 now? Just like accelerate? Just be driving in with his coffee. Just be driving. <laughs> Slow down there, Dawson's Creek. Oh, you clipped that. Yes. I was just going to say that. I knew that you would want that clipped. Um, you're a big Dawson's Creek fan. You know, I've actually never seen Dawson's Creek. But you're a fan of the idea of Dawson's Creek. I am. Um, <laughs> it's on my to watch list. Um, you're thinking of One Tree Hill. Which uh, same thing. It probably is. <laughs> we'll let you know. Yeah, I mean, Dawson's Creek was the natural place to go after the OC and just haven't gotten there yet, but we will. Yeah, but Gordo's like, I'm not going to high school to do all these superfluous activities. I'm going there to learn. Yeah, to challenge myself. Lizzie and Miranda think that this is super cool and they're supportive of it until they realize that it means that Gordo is leaving. And Lizzie's like, this is going to sound dumb, but like this did not occur to me until this moment. Yeah. And then surprise, Miranda's like, it also did not occur to me until this moment. <laughs> shocker. Because we're the same person. Yeah. Shocker. They have the same realization at the same time. And then we get to the B story. We're back at the house. And I just have to say off the top that the B story is one of my, I think it's one of my favorite B stories we've seen. And it addresses um, gender and gender like stereotyping in a way that I didn't hate. Like it was good. <laughs> if I had one critique for the episode, overall, I guess, was just that it's always too fast. You know, Sam basically has this full realization that he's become his own father within a period of what seems like five hours. And likewise, Gordo goes to high school for one day and is like, I didn't like it. I'm through. This is it. This is it. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like, you know, one critique could have been like all of this probably could have been stretched out and it just would have felt a little bit more true to um, just the way things really work. But this is Lizzie McGuire. Um, Something that happens in one episode cannot, cannot carry over (laughs) into the next episode. We, We like our neat little bows here. 
Even if within the episode, they had made it stretch out a couple days. That's true. But yeah, we see a Sam McGuire who is very like insecure in his own masculinity. And that really comes out in this episode. It starts off where he is trying to fix the kitchen sink and not doing a great job at it. I mean, he doesn't know the difference between pliers and a wrench. That's like pretty bad. It's real basic stuff. Um, even I know that. <laughs> even you. Even you know such a manly thing. Oh, such a manly thing. Yeah, such a manly um, thing. <laughs> and so Joe takes over and Matt comes in and he is doing a cheer. He tells his parents that him and Lanny are trying out for cheerleading. Matt McGuire, an artist in the previous episode, cheerleader now, he is just a man of many talents. Like I said in the last episode, I have full confidence that Matt will succeed in whatever he puts his mind to. I agree wholeheartedly. Of course, Sam has, you know, a sexist reaction. Oh my God. I saw this and this. I was like, Sam, Sam McGuire, I have one note for you. Your behavior, your attitude are just so bad. Yeah, cheerleading. Isn't that girly? Ugh. I felt like that's where this was going as soon as Matt McGuire was like, I'm trying out for cheerleading. And I was like, please no. And then it just went there. But at least it kind of rectified itself. Yeah, we did. We end up and we'll get to it when we get to it. But we get growth and resolution in a way that we don't usually on the show. And it was actually a satisfying ending for once. Yeah. Joe, Joe McGuire queen of this episode if i do say so myself says but are you spoiling your mvp award <laughs> not necessarily because like you said there are a lot of contenders this week there are yes um but, but yeah this she is a says, great joe line if it's something he wants and is willing to work for how is that girly and i was just like yes i feel like i've said this on the podcast as well but clearly sam mcguire has never seen the netflix documentary cheer Clearly. And then she fixes the sink. Queen Joe. Nailed it. We cut to the living room where Lizzie and Miranda are doing their homework. And Lizzie is just like, not okay. And nothing has happened yet. Like, they don't, like, Gordo hasn't made a decision. But she's like, <laughs> she goes, how am I supposed to be learning about photosynthesis when Gordo is leaving? Yeah, she's freaking out. And Miranda's like, Gordo wouldn't go without us. <laughs> they are so codependent. They are. All, I wrote that literally at the end. But yeah, throughout this episode, we just feel and see their codependency on each other in such an unhealthy way. And they're like, Gorda didn't even sound that excited about it. So don't worry. We got nothing to worry about. And this scene transitions into Sam picking Matt up, <laughs> um, holding him like horizontally, taking him outside and being like, are you up for some traditional male bonding? Traditional male bonding. And let's talk about what that means to Sam McGuire. Yeah, the irony is that Sam McGuire is terrible at all of these things. <laughs> Which I did appreciate. We talk about the writing room and their choices a lot. And I really liked the choices that they were making throughout this episode. I thought that it was one of the better written. Like there was just some really smart things happening. Yeah, so they're playing catch, but uh, Sam, no hands. Ball hits him right in the face. Uh, yeah. They're grilling, and within like two seconds, the stakes are on fire, and then Sam yeah. burns himself. Um, and then the final thing is uh, a game of poker. 
He got no one to hold him and one to fold him. That was another line I was. I knew. <laughs> I just know you so well, Sam. <laughs> no one to walk away. No one to run. There was definitely a period of time when you did not know the lyrics to that song and you were saying the wrong lyrics and I had to correct you. I was like, wait, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I do that a lot. <laughs> that is a pattern. But yeah, you really, you really see um, Sam feeling insecure in his own masculinity and taking that out on Matt. And so Lanny finally arrives and Lanny is kind of like, yo, Matt, we got to practice. We're talking about practice, which is another reference that I, I taught you about when we watched Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> the great, the great Alan Iverson. We're talking about practice. <laughs> not the, not the game. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> so they go off to practice, practice. <laughs> and Sam is not giving up. He wants to try fishing later. And once again, Joe is like, can't you just be supportive? Please, like, stop. I think you need to recycle your attitude. Yeah, he does. So then we are at school and Gordo is cleaning out his locker because guess what? He's going to high school. Big congrats to Gordo. Yes. Lizzie's reaction is, you're doing this without discussing it with us? This isn't <laughs> about you, Lizzie. Definitely not mandatory for Gordo to have a discussion with Lizzie before he makes a decision about his own life. Gordo thought about it. This is what he wants. Miranda is supportive. Miranda like, is least... a good friend. Miranda is a good friend in this episode. Um, and Lizzie is not. I know. Um, she really looks emo in this scene. I was like, oh my God, she looks like she's going to cry by the end of the scene. Cartoon Lizzie was about to explode. Cartoon Lizzie was like <laughs> two <laughs> scenes away from having an aneurysm. Like Cartoon Lizzie was really freaking out in this episode, more so I think than any episode we've seen so far. Yeah, and like what is that because up to the, okay, so up to this point, we have seen hints from Gordo about like what's to come, re feelings. But we don't get anything like that from Lizzie's perspective until this episode and it's so interesting that this was supposed to be the second episode of the season so like this was supposed to be a seed that was planted early i guess and And then yeah but then it wouldn't make sense because then she'd still go on the whole like ethan craft arc no but it would still make sense to plant that seed of like why did i miss him so much anyways we'll get to that revelation or not really a revelation just like thought bubble I really liked Gordo's exit here where he just like pulls out a fedora. Yeah, he's got a special exit hat. Puts it on and just like walks away. When I watched it the first, I had to watch it twice because the first time I watched it, I thought the fade out was them turning the lights off. And I was like, wait, did they just turn the lights off in the hallway as he left? (laughs) Um, But then I realized it was just a fade out. Yeah. And then it goes into um, a rare Gordo POV. This high school, so strange. Like, why is this a high school from, like, the 80s? Like, he opens these old creaky doors. <laughs> like, literally the oldest high school. It's, like, completely wooden. It's, like, all wood everywhere. But I did, I you know, so we get kind of, like, a Saturday Night Fever montage of just his feet walking down the hall. <laughs> a good touch that probably zero 10-year-olds knew. Don't you love it when, like, writers throw in references only adults would understand? into like content for children that's 
a key piece of content for children i think (laughs) it's just making the parents have like just a small crumb yeah some notes from this scene everyone is so tall i mean you're skipping ahead because first i want to talk about this like book distribution window (laughs) (laughs) so apparently there's like a room in the high school where all of the textbooks live and you have to go to this like sketchy window to get your textbooks (laughs) this is a foreign concept to me like we would just get the textbooks in the classroom class so somebody please help us is this a thing like a textbook room well they used to have like rooms where they would store the books but would they make a student man the window at the book distribution room i don't know you're right and then gordo immediately gets scammed rookie move like this is such a blatant con and gordo just falls for it yeah he thought he needed an elevator pass it's normally ten dollars but I'll, I'll give it to you for five. Oh, thanks Cool. You and must I love be how, new here. I love how that happened, and then the kids still didn't help him open his locker. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was just like, give me my money. Bye. Um, but yeah, then, okay, so this is where they're all sitting in class, and Gordo can't see over a literal grown man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was fully a 25-year-old adult. That, there's no way that person was a high school student. <laughs> no way at all. Zero percent chance. Is there anything else that you would like to point out? Um, well, yeah, then he goes into the elevator and just gets ridiculed by like a girl in a wheelchair. Also, yeah. okay, so there were a lot of people in that elevator and that did not ring true to me because unless this school is like five stories tall, wouldn't you just take the stairs? Our high school was only two stories tall, but like... You'd have to be a crazy person to wait for the elevator if you didn't need to. Like, there were so many students in that elevator. I don't know. It it did look like a big school from the exterior. So, who knows? Back to Lizzie. And, like, literally, let's go back to Lizzie and Miranda. Because I think the only person who is definitely not getting the MVP in this episode is Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, it's definitely not Lizzie McGuire. She's... I know that this is skipping ahead, but there's the scene where... Or I guess, no, it's literally this scene. Miranda's like, Lizzie, he's not doing this to us. Like, he went to high school as something for him. He's doing this for him. And she's still like, but what about me, though? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, one friend abandoned me. The other friend supports the abandonment. The self-centeredness happening right now. Um, Once again, this is not about you. This has literally nothing to do with you. And there isn't enough there for any sort of like romantic subplot at this point so she just really comes across as a bad friend yeah and miranda great friend this was a great a plus moment for miranda i agree that's why miranda's on my short list of potential mvp candidates Mm -hmm. everything miranda was putting down i was like yo preach lizzie just misses him and she should have told him how she feels but like how does she feel what does that mean? Yeah, unclear. That the end of the scene where they're like, I wonder what Gordo is doing right now. And it zooms in on his <laughs> like empty lunch chair. <laughs> it's like a slow zoom. And then we're back at high school. He's eating lunch alone. Classic new new kid at school story. Um, he has no friends. He's the smallest kid in gym. I mean, he's always been the smallest kid in gym class, but now he's really the smallest kid in gym class. Um, he can't ball with the others. There was a weird moment that I saw 
where it looks like he's trying to ask out like an adult woman and then her boyfriend comes <laughs> along and I was really confused. Yeah, adult woman is a better descriptor than girl a foot taller than him, which was what <laughs> I wrote in my notes. No, it looks like he was trying to ask out like a full adult. And then sad Gordo on the bus. But then... Lizzie is just waiting for him at his bus stop when he gets off, which makes no sense because high school typically ends before middle school. How? So did Lizzie ditch? Did she skip out on the rest of her school day? Are you saying to that- To meet Gordo you, at his bus stop? Are you saying that there is a plot hole? Yes. Lizzie asks Gordo about his day and she is asking him leading questions, hoping that he'll say that he misses her. Um, But he's just playing it really cool right now. He's not being honest about how the day went. Yeah. Jim's a lot harder. Here's the weird thing. She invites him over and he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I guess he's just in a weird headspace. Yeah, he has a ton of homework. And we get this like sad music that I think starts here and then just continues. For the rest of the episode in the A story. Um, And she's like, I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. Um, I had a question about the next scene. Sam comes in, right? And he comes into the kitchen and Joe is there. And Sam is like, where's Matt? But in the next scene, Matt's clearly still at school. (laughs) 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 Like, (laughs) like where do you expect Matt? Some of us have like things that we do during the day, Sam McGuire. You know, like we don't all just skip out on work and stay home all day. Well, Matt <laughs> like, is always work. home in the middle of the day. So <laughs> quite frankly, where is Matt? It's not an unreasonable question. But yeah, Sam now wants to help Matt with his cheerleading. And this is where he has the revelation, the epiphany that, you know, growing up, his dad always made him do things that he didn't want to do. And he didn't like that. So he's going to be proud of Matt, whatever he chooses to do, which is funny. Um, not funny, but this lines up with um, a current arc that's happening on This Is Us, which is a much more obviously nuanced and in-depth version. Like this is the version that I think, Sam, you wish would have played out because it's given, you know, time to breathe. Yeah, this is basically Um, just one sentence. Yeah, like there's a whole arc right now between Jack and um, Kevin. So like Milo Ventimiglia and Justin Hartley. That's like a similar thing where like Jack is putting a lot of pressure on Kevin to um, play football and to be a starting quarterback and to get a scholarship because and it stemmed from like his father putting a lot of pressure on him with baseball when he was a kid. So it was funny because it was just like, oh, I literally just watched that all play out on Tuesday and then saw the, you know, very condensed, super consolidated version of that play out on Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. And then we get this moment where Joe is very proud of Sam. And this was the first in what I felt like was a series of interactions between Joe and Sam that were really headed in a direction that is not appropriate for children. What? Now that's my big, strong man. That's my big, strong man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Talk to me more. (laughs) That's Joe. Ooh. Yeah, very strange. It was super strange. Super strange. (laughs) And then we get cheerleading tryouts. I was not prepared for cheerleading tryouts. (laughs) Can I just say, I thought it it would be 
it far and away exceeded my expectations. Where did that come from? <laughs> Who taught them these skills? It was incredible. <laughs> I was like, this is their best talent yet. I, yeah, I, when they got to cheerleading tryouts, I assumed that they would just kind of be like doing the same kind of cheering that Matt had done in the kitchen earlier in this episode. But like, no, they came to play. Yeah, they had your round offs. They had your back handsprings. They had your back tucks. They had stunts on stunts. Do you, do you know if this, do you, I know obviously you, you are well versed in the fact that Hillary Duff did her own stunts. Do you know if this was actually Jake Thomas and Christian Copeland doing their own stunts? I did not investigate that, but my gut says no. Oh, that's too bad. That would just like add to the legend. But we forgot to set up this scene, right? Because there's something very important to note. And it's that there is only one spot open for a male cheerleader. This cheerleading captain girl, she was a piece of work. And maybe it's, yeah. I don't know, I guess all cheerleaders, because Kate, <laughs> she's just like a mini Kate. They all get kind of like written the same way. That makes me, actually, I hadn't thought about it before. It's a little ironic, I guess, in that, in that way that, you know, Matt and Lanny want to be cheerleaders. Lizzie's worst nightmare. Well, it's also now bringing me back to... The pilot episode of Lizzie McGuire, or not the pilot, but the first episode in the order that we see it. So the first episode we watched where Lizzie is trying out for the cheerleading squad. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make it. Now I'm trying to think back to that original tryout. She fell down, right? She like did a jump and fell down. Um, She was pretty bad. But then it turns out she has talent. Yeah, it feels like she should have probably made the cheerleading squad given her rhythmic gymnastics experience. Yeah. But um, they can only take five new girls and one new boy because those are the only outfits they have. Like, just get another outfit. Jeez. I think Matt and Lanny both proved themselves here. I know. This is a low-budget cheer squad. This is just, you know, this is sexist in the opposite way. Come on now. I'm not one to, you know claim that there's like rampant male discrimination but in this case there really is <laughs> i know and even after they prove themselves with this like epic routine the captain is like that was the greatest routine i have ever seen now who wants to be cheerleader this is oh my god like i said she's a piece of work and the resolution here a plus resolution keep your uniform no one splits up Matt and Lanny. They are the best of friends, and I love it. They are. Yeah, it was really sweet. I mean, they could have gone in the direction of making them competitors, but I was really happy to see that they stuck together here. Lizzie could take some notes. Yeah, Matt is a much better friend. We see this time and time again. Yeah. Like, even when back when they were fighting over their, like, talk show, as soon as Lanny needed him, Matt was there. No one splits up Matt and Lanny. Is Matt the hero of Lizzie McGuire? I mean, it's him or Lizzie, and uh, I gotta say, <laughs> I'm very excited to potentially just slide into Jake Thomas's DMs and try to get him on here so we can ask all these questions. A, do you do gymnastics? And we'll go from there. I feel strongly that, like, if there's ever a time to try this, it's now because he may be bored enough to actually do it. Maybe. So once again, we have a nice little one episode hobby arc for Matthew. He's a cheerleader. 
And then he's not. Moving on to the next thing. Then we cut back to Lizzie's house and that same sort of, I called it sad Gordo is gone music still playing. And they're just like reminiscing, like looking through a scrapbook, like something seriously is like, like almost like he died, right? Yeah, they're really eulogizing him. <laughs> I feel like this is like a thing that, you know, if you were really doing this, you would do it like where you wouldn't be have your parents eavesdropping on you the whole time. Like this feels like something that's a little bit more personal, but Lizzie's just doing it middle of the kitchen just so that Joe can eavesdrop. Yeah. And she has her, you know, coming around moment, right? Like she does say here, I can't keep him from doing something that makes him happy because I miss him, which is what Miranda has been telling you this entire episode, Elizabeth. Yeah. She just gotten Elizabeth. Miranda, really rough uh, timing on this line. But I'm not going anywhere. Uh, Ooh. oof. <laughs> oh, that I heard, hits differently. I heard that and I was like, that's not what I heard. Yeah, they really messed up by messing with this order. <laughs> I know. Like if, if that had been an episode two line, maybe you can get away with it. Yeah, Miranda, where are you? Um, Matt and Lanny come home. They got a standing ovation from everyone. Sam congratulates them for making the team, but there is no team. They just can't split up Matt and Lanny. Um, so their next endeavor is that they are going to take these um, acrobatic skills and join the circus. Ooh, just like a circus. Free Britney. All eyes on you. <laughs> In the center of a ring. See, it all came, it all came together. <laughs> But yeah, okay, so another weird Joe Sam moment. You're a great dad. You Maguire boys always seem to land on your feet. What does that mean? I don't know. And what is going to happen in this moment? Your children are right here. Literally, right in the kitchen. And then Gordo, so Gordo, you know, it turns out he is going to come swing by. And uh, we haven't played a clip yet. Is this the clip that you were, that you wanted to play? Yeah, I think we should play the conclusion. All right, let's play some conclusion. So, Gordo, give us the 411. What's high school really like? Well, actually, I hated it. What? I thought you loved high school. What about all that stuff you told me? I lied. Why? Well, because it would have been admitting that I made a mistake. Okay, so the work's too hard. That's okay. No, that's not it at all. I was just at home doing the homework to prove I could do it, and I can do it. Okay, now you've lost me. Well, I can graduate high school in two years and start college by the time I'm 16, but I don't want to, because what I would get out of it wouldn't be worth what I'm giving up. Just to ask him! Which is what? Well, you know, my life. Ask him again! Anything else? Well, yeah. Surprisingly, the food at our cafeteria is a lot better than the stuff they give you in high school. Ugh, he is never gonna get it. Just tell him! Tell him! I really missed you, Gordo. I missed you too. I miss both you guys. Life just wasn't the same without you. Which is why I'm coming back to middle school tomorrow. Gordo, are you sure that's what you want? But yeah, because whichever you choose, I mean, we will be behind you 100%, right? What she said. I'm sure. High school was kind of like the Annihilator. It didn't actually pull the flesh off my bones, until I do it with you guys, not going on it by myself. I can't believe I missed him so much. Why did I miss him so much? Whoa. 
he's so codependent. <laughs> he's not going to do it without them. They what are if- all so codependent. But on the flip side, I can appreciate what he is saying, right? That like, why am I trying to grow up too quickly? I mean, here's the thing. Like, he skipped one grade and all of a sudden he's going to finish high school in two years. He's going to load up on APs and just summer school it up. And Here's the thing. All right. So it's been one day. Like, if I'm Gordo's parent, I'm like, come on, you got to stick this out a little bit more. You got to try. One day just feels like he's not even really trying. You know, they have a lot to fit into 22 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. For that reason, Gordo is not my MVP here. Like, you got to give a little bit more effort. Did you even try to make a friend? You tried to ask out the first girl you saw. Like, not, (laughs) not a good strategy. Oh, my goodness. And Lizzie just wants validation so badly. It cracked me up when she says, I miss you. He says, I miss you too. And then it's like, oh yeah, Miranda's here as well. Well, you know why he did that? It's because, you know, he doesn't want to make Miranda jealous because- <laughs> I miss both of you guys. Miranda is true endgame. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Can we just, I feel like that clip is going to be so <laughs> useful in the back half of this season. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it seems as if that will be the case. But yeah, the episode ends on, I can't believe I missed him so much. No, the episode ends on Gordo now perpetuating this elevator pass scam. The one thing he learned in high school is that you can fool new students into thinking that there's such thing as an elevator pass. And I like how he brought this up earlier when he got off the bus and Lizzie was like, how was your day? And he was like, I got an elevator pass. And even Lizzie, you know, when Lizzie McGuire is skeptical of something, you've really fallen for it real bad. Because even she's like, what? What are you talking about? You sound sketchy. (laughs) You got ripped off, my friend. And that's moving on up. A really fun episode to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, Lizzie McGuire, I think, at its best. Mm-hmm. Outfits? Let's talk about some outfits. So first day of school, they're different people. They don't care about their outfits anymore. However, Babe, 62. Babe, 62. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like Lizzie- a peace sign necklace? Lizzie, yeah, Lizzie is the 62nd babe, not to be confused with any of the 61 prior babes. Do you like this Miranda look? She's got uh, two bandanas, um, a red one and a black one, and then just like even more necklaces. I always like Miranda's looks more than Lizzie's. Lizzie looks really basic in this episode, in this opening scene. Dark wash, straight like jeans. Yeah. I guess and she's an eighth grader now. Miranda's got like a dog on her shirt. Can't tell yeah. her arms in the way in this frame, but good stuff. Miranda has style. You know what? I'm scrolling through Matt McGuire's outfit in the beginning. is nothing super special. We've seen him in these kind of shirts before. I feel like he has this shirt in basically every color. It's like the horizontal stripe shirt. This one's just kind of like gray. But Matt shows off some football skills. He, uh, he feels like if he had applied himself in... Uh, the sport of football, he could have been successful as well. Yeah, he maimed his father. That's good aim. Do you like Do you Sam? like how his entire ride was going to say the same thing? Were you going to talk about it? I was going to mention Sam McGuire's headband. Yes. <laughs> and his wrist. <laughs> he had a rough day. Did we mention before when we talked about the poker scene that they're playing with Oreos? We did not, but <laughs> that happened. 
I guess they can't show real money because that's gambling and there's no gambling on the Disney Channel. Only with Oreos. All right. Guido's hat. We talked about it a little bit before, but it comes out of nowhere. It really did come out of nowhere and it was one of my favorite moments in the episode, stylistically. It looks really nice. It, like high quality fedora. Yeah, and it matches. It like ties in really nicely with his with his shirt. I believe have fish on it. He's like hats Those look like on. birds to me. Oh, I guess I see the fish over here. There's fish and birds. Yeah, he's like, I have a fedora. I am in high school now. Goodbye. See you guys around. <laughs> I also just noticed that Gordo has like a crocodile in his locker. Oh my goodness. That is terrifying. Yeah, that's a little creepy. Did you like these uh, pants from Miranda? Union Jack. Yeah. It's every episode. It's so interesting to me. Is Miranda also wearing a shirt that says, I'm spoiled? What does that say? I think so. I think it says, I'm spoiled, and that's a carton of milk. Got you. It's a pun. But yeah, you have your Union Jack and a cross necklace. I I think I'm really on to something with my commentary on how they style Miranda. I don't yeah. know. It's it's every episode. Lizzie's uh, purse made out of a pair of jean shorts is back. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not loving Lizzie's outfits in this episode at all. This There's, one's really blah. It's just blah. We've seen that collar before. That looks more like something Kate would wear. I agree. What about this outfit when uh, Lizzie meets Gordo at the bus stop? So this now confuses me because did time pass? I think it must be the following day. I don't know. I've definitely seen that shirt from Gordo before. Gordo, outfit repeater. This is starting to feel like Lizzie McGuire again, though. Like her first two outfits did not. Everybody has like a special gym tryout uniform and it looks like, you know, math school colors are yellow, but he and Lanny are in like <laughs> matching red sweatshirts and gray sweatpants. I love how they came with a boom box so they could play their own music. <laughs> They're um, ready. If someone could let us know if play <laughs> was also <laughs> the original song in, uh, in this scene, we would really appreciate it. Or sorry, Us Against the World. By play. Oh. What you do you have something you you don't like this Miranda outfit? It's looking a little blues clues from Miranda here. Yeah, it's uh alternating green and brown stripes. And the collar, there's even stuff going on on the collar. I know, it's green and white stripes. It's very confusing. I don't like it. When you zoom out and you see that she also has like a purple shirt underneath, it's just very Barney the purple dinosaur to me. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is that is what I was looking for. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. Yeah, because Lizzie's wearing that orange shirt again, right? Like mm -hmm. th that's it, that's the same day. Yep. Yeah, those are the outfits. It was a very low-key outfit episode this week. It was. Nothing yeah. super notable. Mm -mm. But Sam, we have been, you know, anticipating this the entire episode, I think. Who are our MVPs? Is it my turn to go first? I think so. You know, at the end of the day, for me, it really came down to three people. It was either going to be Joe McGuire, who just showed that she can fix a sink really strongly. It's It could have been uh, Miranda, who I thought was just a really supportive friend, the kind of friend that we could use more of. And then it could be Matt McGuire. And I think that for this one, I don't know, I got to give it to Matt McGuire. That gymnastics routine just caught me so off guard. I was really not expecting it to go like that. But then when you add the fact that on top of that, he like 
first of all, he went out to try for cheerleading, even though his dad is clearly like, you know, a little bit too um, misogynistic to understand that at first. And then at the end, he's like, I would rather continue to keep my friendship than jeopardize it over cheerleading, even though it's something that I've worked so hard on and that I'm clearly the best at. So I don't know. I just thought that Matt McGuire really, really surprised me here. And um, this sound clip is just going to live on the soundboard forever. No one splits up Matt and Lanny. I'm very curious to hear what you think. I agree with you in terms of the top three. I think that there is an argument to be had for any one of them having their MVP moment this week. I'm going to spread the love a little bit, and I am going to give it to Miranda. Honorable mention to Joe, but because she did have some great lines and just really shot that sexism down immediately, but ultimately there wasn't enough Joe content for me to give it to her over Miranda, who was absolutely a supportive friend to Gordo throughout this entire process and was not thinking about her own feelings and that Gordo was doing this to hurt her and like articulating that to Lizzie too was very key. I was hoping that you would pick Miranda because Miranda would have been my second choice. And if I could give two MVPs, it would have been to Matt and Miranda. So I'm glad that we spread the wealth here a little bit. Yeah, I think that Miranda doesn't get moments. I feel like the writers still don't really know how to write Miranda. Uh, I want this Miranda. This was a Miranda that I hope sticks around. Would you like an update on the score? It's still a two-horse race right now between Matt and Lizzie. Um, Lizzie's in first, so we've given her 21 and a half MVPs, but Matt McGuire is not far behind. He now is at 20. Wow. As we approach, you know, the final quarter here. Yeah, it's a tight race. And basically, I feel like the way that we've been trending recently, like, I don't know, Lizzie's got to pick up her game if she doesn't want Matt to surpass her. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, this was a really fun week, I think, for the alpha repeaters. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have high hopes based on, you know, what we've seen in the past that this momentum will continue. (laughs) But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Next week's a big week. Is it? Yeah. Why is that? Do you really want to know? I mean, I guess not. I guess I can wait. Yeah, I would really love, um, yeah, it just all needs to happen in the moment. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. So I think that that is a wrap on Lizzie McGuire season two, episode 17, moving on up. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter or email us any thoughts questions uh play comments at outfit repeaters podcast at gmail.com in the meantime you can find this episode and the rest of our library either at our website www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters or pretty much on any platform where you get your podcasts and coming up here at paginated media um if you're into the crown on thursdays definitely tune into crowning around where myself Carlin Greenwald and Ivan Vukovic recap episodes of The Crown. Uh, It's fun because we know nothing. We have really no knowledge of British history going in. So we're assuming that it's all correct. 
And then uh, a week from today, Tuesday, we'll be back here with another episode of The Outfit Repeaters. Yeah, join us next week when we discuss Lizzie McGuire Season 2, Episode 18, Party Over Here. Party Over Here. It's a party.